and welcome to a new series, Thy Kingdom Come, um, a journey through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6 and 7. Now I want to start with a quotation by a man called Thomas Paine. A long habit of not thinking a thing wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right and at first raises a formidable outcry in defiance of custom. But tumult soon subsides. Time makes more converts than reason. So here's the introduction to the series. This series about the king, his kingdom and the church. Jesus was a revolutionary. He turned the world upside down when he came preaching the kingdom. His kingdom is eternal and internal. It is a theocracy and it's about government. We are told to seek it first, Matthew 6.33, the government of the king in our lives. The kingdom is organic. It grows from a seed, the good seed planted in us at the rebirth. The kingdom comes down to us and into us in order that we may ascend to where it is, that we may live an ascended lifestyle. The kingdom comes to elevate us to another place from which to live, from heaven to earth, not the other way round. The kingdom is within us. Jesus taught the nature of this kingdom and the terms of membership in Matthew 5, 6 and 7 and in Luke twenty two twenty four to 27. The kingdom brings forth fruit, 30, 60, 100 fold. It has a manifesto and rules of engagement. Unless we become as little children, we can't enter it. That is, we become like children, mouldable, correctable and teachable. We may need to unlearn all we've previously thought we knew about it as it comes to displace and take over. The purpose of battle is victory and the purpose of victory is occupation. The kingdom of heaven will enlighten us but it will be inconvenient. Being inconveniently enlightened means that when the truth comes it doesn't tell us what we want to hear, nor does it agree with what we were sure were the facts. It presents us with a choice between loving our present darkness or loving the truth in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we really, really want to know the truth, we are willing to develop the skill of repentance, changing our mind. Christ discipled the twelve incrementally, teaching them what it meant to act against themselves. He taught them and us, both by example and by biblical precept. This teaching will not minister to your fallen nature, but if you embrace it, it will cause you to grow into maturity, both emotionally and spiritually. There is another king, and his kingdom is the kingdom of love. His subjects are required to learn this new way of living. This is called being a disciple. When the king comes, he comes to take over, not to take sides. The kingdom is within you. The kingdom of heaven is eternal, internal, divine and unshakable. It's now and not yet. It's likened to a tree that can grow big enough for birds to make their nests. The king of the kingdom is the king of love and the law of the kingdom is the law of love. The kingdom manifesto is a sermon on the mount. The law of responding in the opposite spirit. 
turning the other cheek. This is the kingdom where love is the key that opens every door where our rule of life becomes no matter what any man does to me I will never seek anything but his highest good. If you love God you will unconsciously fulfil the whole law. You would not kill one you loved, you would not steal from him, you would not speak evil of him, you'd have no need to require reverence for parents if you loved. Nor would you covet what anyone else had, rather you would take pleasure that they had those things. To be told to keep the Sabbath to God would be a pleasure, not a chore, if you loved him. One law, the law of love. Romans thirteen eight to 14 Christ's one law for the Christian, the life of love, the royal law. Astonishing, amazing and oh so simple. Love God and live as you please. Owe no man anything but the debt to love. Are you ready to proceed? Meet me here again tomorrow then.